Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayic or uh never mind welcome to the show i am one half of your hosts nick thacker uh, my other half over here is kevin tumlinson he is Probably my best friend in in the whole wide world. Always a half and never a whole. <laughs> Always a half, <laughs> never a whole. He's one half that makes a whole. We were greater than a whole when you add us together. But uh, one of the reasons he is uh, such a close friend is that we're kind of in the trenches together. Uh, we are in the trenches together. We're, we're both full-time authors. And we get to make things up for a living, which is an incredible, uh, amazing blessing to be able to do that. But it's also uh, really hard. And so Kevin's been there with me through thick and thin, um, mostly thick. And uh, what we're going to do today and all the other days that we're going to do this is talk about really cool things. And these really cool things are actually real things, which means they exist in this world that we're living in now, or they're very, very close to existing based on technology and, and trends and the way things are going. Because this is basically our research process. We go find cool things and we uh, try to figure out how we can mold them and shape them into either something the bad guy gets or something the good guys use to save the world. Would you agree with all that? I do agree with that. Yeah. You know what I like, man? I like the fact uh, that I will, uh, I'll write a book based on research I've done. And one of the comments in like reviews and emails that I get from readers and that sort of thing is, you know, how, how much they love that original idea, you know, that whole mind boggling idea. And I actually uh, have like, you know, a stack of articles or something, uh, you know, and I, all I did was retell the story uh, with my characters. So uh, I will gladly take credit for. <laughs> Absolutely. I get that all the time. Usually what, what my readers will say is I gave you one star implausible. because I find right. this science I to be completely the, I love the one star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're going to hear today, listener, is complete and utter nonfiction, which means it's real. This is real stuff. This is really cool stuff, uh, but it's real. And to kick things off, uh, I'm going to talk about a tree. Okay. Bring your mind, Kevin, back to 1866. Do you remember 1866? I do. <laughs> uh, like it was yesterday. <laughs> like it was yesterday. Well, there was a, a, a North Queensland uh, road surveyor named A.C. McMillan. Uh, and, and so he, in 1866, was on the road surveying it, I'm sure, came back and reported to his boss that at some point on the trip, his pack horse was stung by something. And it got mad, it went crazy, and died within two hours. Um, in this area of North Queensland, Australia, 
There is also a bunch of local folklore uh, mythology that's based with uh, based on similar tales, like horses that die or um, yeah. jump off cliffs. Um, even people working in the forest that uh, that drink alcohol copiously because they're in so much pain. And all of this is caused, all of this pain and jumping off of cliffs and, and going crazy is caused by a single tree. Uh, it's found in the rainforest areas of northeastern Australia and Indonesia. Uh, it's about two meters tall, and it's called the Gimpy Gimpy Tree. Now, if this Gimpy Gimpy Tree weren't so freaking cool, I would have used it anyway, just sheer fact that it has a cool name. Uh, even yeah. if it was just a normal oak tree with cool leaves. Uh, with, now, is, is this where the, the phrase Gimpy comes from? I, I have no idea. Now, that's one thread that's, I did not tackle in my in my copious research here, but um, I, I kind of wonder that as well. Nick. <laughs> Maybe a listener can 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 answer that for us if someone's familiar with that term and the etymology. <laughs> um, but no, this yeah. thing is legit, man. It's it, the the gimpy gimpy sting is so <clears throat> dangerous that it's killed dogs, horses, and even humans. Um, oh. It's been reported to be the worst pain imaginable. Literally, I mean, you know, and every BuzzFeed article says this is the worst pain imaginable, but this one actually is considered the worst pain humans have experienced. Um, oh. For example, they uh, this article that I'm reading, I'll, I'll link to in the show notes. Um, it says you feel excruciating pain that can last several months wow. and re reoccur for years. So it comes back. The damn thing comes back. It stings you, and it, it lasts for months and then comes back year after year after year after year. Um, and one, one quote in here, it says even a dry specimen can inflict pain 100 years after being picked. This um, is a, a revenge tree. Is this is this a revenge tree. I mean, yeah. Like what, what kind of defense mechanism did this tree have to evolve? You know, like what was attacking this thing? <laughs> you know, you hear about, um, neurotoxins, uh, they, some of the, some of the most painful and deadliest neurotoxins on the planet come out of the ocean. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Wonder, like, you know, Australia oh, is okay. an odd continent and, you know, maybe this was at some point, some kind of like underwater, species that is an that is an interesting I, yeah, I like that i could see that absolutely being plausible this is based on no research or that part is entirely fiction on my part i have no idea i didn't even know this tree existed no i think that's a cool thread though because i mean right like what other tree or plant species have you ever heard of that does anything remotely close to this kind of damage and, and why like and what why? exactly serve because you know you know why certain trees are toxic or Sure. Or whatever. Yeah, when cactus protect, has, usually has to protect their fruits and yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, so that yeah. they have a chance to propagate. But wow, that is uh, it's kind of scary, man. Right. Here's, so Australia. There's a, here's, Australia, it's, it's got everything. It's got everything it's got, fun, doesn't it? Yeah, like spiders the size of a house or whatever. Like this is <laughs> this is a ridiculous yeah, continent. It's nuts, man. <laughs> it is. It's it. So uh, and this here's a vi virologist, uh, Mike, uh, Doctor Mike Lee, um, is quoted in this article as saying that the first thing you'll feel is a really intense burning sensation. And this grows over the next half hour, becoming more and more painful. I mean, he's letting us, letting us in easy here. Yeah. So, okay, that's not, that's not so bad, right? Then he says, shortly after this, your joints may ache and you might get swelling under your armpits, which can be almost as painful as the original sting. In severe cases, this can lead to shock and even death. And if you don't remove all the hair, the, these little, uh, the, the tree has all these little purple hairs, hairs all over it. Yeah. Um, if you don't remove the hair, they can keep releasing the, the torturous toxins for up to a year. Um, and someone else said, um, she, this person, she was <laughs> um, a post-grad student at James Cook University, and she was actually studying these trees. 
Um, she got stung by it. She said, it's the worst pain you can imagine, like being burnt with hot acid and electrocuted at the same time, um, which is just mind boggling to me. I mean, it's, why somebody yeah. would say, I need something to compare this to. Let me get some hot acid and electrocute myself so that I know what this is like. I'm, I'm just assuming that in the name of science, she must have done that. Um, man, I just, right. yeah, it's, it's insane here. Um, presumably, she didn't get stung by it on purpose. Presumably. Like knowing, but you know, they study things like this to see if there's any medicinal value to it, you know? Like they you do. find out that uh, certain certain poisons are good for treating migraines or whatever. Um, so like I wonder, this is probably the cure for cancer all over that tree. It's just It would be unfair if it yeah. wasn't, right? Right, it like, would, exactly. It has to be something, right? Something major, like you know, instead of like curing uh, warts or something, it has to be. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is this thing. It's like what 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 did God have in mind? And maybe it's just like I don't know, but I can think of a lot of ways that someone with a not so great mind would use this. Um, Well, almost to answer your question. The British Army has some has a, some interest in this thing. Here we go. Um, here we go, right? Uh, since as far back as the 1960s, the Chemical Defense Establishment at Horton Down, which is a top-secret laboratory um, that's developed, it's been known to develop chemical weapons, um, contracted a guy in 68 asking him to provide specimens of this tree. So they, they want to study it. They want to look at um, how they can use it for nefarious purposes, of course. Um, mm-hmm. out, this guy that they asked, he's a professor of pathology, in Queensland, and he said, well, chemical warfare is their work, so I could only assume that they were investigating its potential as a biological weapon. Yeah. So it probably is a cure for cancer, but uh, the British um, intelligence needs it for uh, James Bond type stuff, I, I can only assume. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there, we have conventions <laughs> that, you know, pro- prohibit things like torture, Right, so you can, I cannot think of a legitimate reason for any military outfit uh, to have done to have used this. No, I can think of plenty of reasons in my fiction that I'm going to use it. But that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the yeah. this is the tree that only exists for thriller writers, so that we can torture people in the most agonizing way possible. There's probably a himpy himpy tree, which is the only known cure for the gimpy gimpy sting. But it's in the Amazon rainforest. The shrimpy shrimpy tree. The shrimpy shrimpy. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, that's about all I can talk about that thing um, without going going crazy thinking about how how bad right. that would sting. You got something uh, something that cool. Was a worthy entry. That's uh, also yeah. real. I shared a link because I, I just in case you needed to grab it for uh, something else. And there's a video on the blog post um, that. I, I sort of watched, but this this is a uh, weird science uh, entry into the game, um, and I, this isn't the only. This is just one of several articles that I clipped uh, to talk about it. But it's the uh, it's talking about acquired savant syndrome, uh, or what they call the accidental oh, genius. Oh yeah, okay. And this is always fascinating to me. And I so I write a lot of characters who are essentially savants. They have some. Basically, they have like a superpower um, of some kind, usually something involving their intelligence. You know, Dan Kotler uh, is an archaeologist, but he's also an expert, like a true expert on body language. Like he's just, he's a savant when it comes to body language. Um, And I've always had a fascination with that sort of dormant potential that people have. Um, 
you know, and this this is what this is about. So uh, it starts off talking about a ten year old boy who's knocked unconscious by a baseball, and uh, when he's when he uh, wakes up, he can um, do calendar calculations and he can remember the weather for like any day uh, oh, within his lifetime. Uh, and let's see, uh, and, oh, it says along with other autobiographical details. Uh, so he, like he can actually say, you can say January 4th, uh, 2008, and he can tell you everything about that day. Um, wow including what the weather was, et cetera. Uh, I've seen, you know, in this article, it talks about several people who've had these sorts of things, uh, almost always stemming from some sort of brain injury. Um, but, you know, they're all, in a, a lot of times it's things like mathematics and calendar dates, things like that. Um, sometimes it's, you know, they, they get a, um, an eidetic memory out of the deal. I remember reading not too long ago, uh, about a woman who she'd had a, she'd had a car accident and had a head injury. And, uh, from that point forward, she could, she literally could remember every detail she'd been exposed to since birth, uh, of every day of her life. So people would quiz her all the time, you know, uh, and they'd ask her, they throw a date at her and she could tell them what was on the news, what was, you know, what the anchors were wearing, what the verifiable uh, facts. That, yeah, yeah. Things that they yeah. can go back and, and check and verify. So I thought it was things like, um, well, what'd you eat for dinner? And I'd be like spaghetti. And right. just know it. <laughs> and there are those, there are those, right. Who are like, they can only remember personal details, like what they were wearing, what they ate for breakfast, nothing you could verify uh, except maybe a uh, side reel. You know, like yeah. if you happen to remember that I was wearing the, my Dr. Pepper T-shirt while standing in line at Astral World in Houston, uh, and the song uh, Jesse's well, Girls. I, I know you, you know. well enough to know that there was probably twenty years of your life where every day you were wearing a Dr. Pepper T-shirt standing is, in line at Astral World. I was either wearing a Dr. Pepper T-shirt <laughs> or I was wearing a T-shirt stained by Dr. Pepper. Yes, during- yeah, there was Dr. Pepper somewhere on the T-shirt, <laughs> and you were at Astral World. So this is a, my, my curse of this thing, man, like, let's, let's extrapolate here and say we got some scientist that figures out, okay, it wasn't the baseball over the head that did it, but it, it, it un, unlocked this, this key in the brain. And, and you know, it'd be like the boys or, you know, some, any kind of um, created superheroes or mutants or whatever. Right. Um, and they come up with some medicine, they give it to everybody that all of a sudden they can make you a savant. My curse would be that I would get like some super lame power, like being able to identify any plant. Um, yeah. Like that's a gimpy gimpy tree. Um, but, but I'd be like, well, I'm, hey, but I'm a musician. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, can I, I'm a musician. Can I be a really much better musician? And they'd be like, no, sorry, you get plants. Um, but it would be some useless thing for me. Right. <laughs> the flip side of that is that there are people who have acquired savant syndrome who do become musicians or painters or sculptors, um, you know, and they'll have like these remarkable shifts in their ability to to do this stuff uh one story i remember in particular and this is from years and years ago uh and actually i i borrowed a term from this guy that i use all the time um but he was um i think he was like an accountant or something i mean he was uh had nothing to do with art but one day he just started painting and he tended to paint in in uh tone purple tones um and these paintings were just remarkable. Like they were just works of art, but he had never done any sort of art in his life up to that point. 
<clears throat> now he started experiencing uh, personality shifts and things like that. He, you know, left his wife and kids and and hooked up with some you know painter commune or something. You know, and <laughs> he would uh, have these days where he would say where he would say I feel closed and he couldn't paint. And then uh, on days when he could paint, he was open. Like some portal in his brain opened and that's all he could see. For that's, and and time. that's what's yeah. interesting to me about the whole yeah, acquired savant syndrome. It's like you have people who suddenly learn new languages that they've never spoken or even heard before. Um, right, right. Or Yeah, that's what this article says too. It's a lot of people that have had, uh, um, you know, this sparing and disinhibition disinhibition of <laughs> science science doctor doctor of the right posterior science. neocortex yeah. um stuff like you know brain hemorrhages and getting hit in the head with a baseball and all that kind of stuff seems to cause it it's almost like somebody should wow that that would be evil well, I'll just go ahead and say it. <laughs> Somebody should go ahead and just get a bunch of people and chunk baseballs at their heads and call it science and see if any of them come out to be savants and see where they is call the that. Yeah, that's <laughs> to get hit with the baseball. The National Baseball League. Um, no, so yeah, that's and you know there have been experiments to try to to test this sort of thing. Most of them are highly illegal, uh, even if the subjects are volunteers. So right. you know cause we have laws that protect people against. Uh, this sort of thing but you know it's it's fascinating and of course it makes a great topic for a thriller novel dibs um Dang it. i've written characters who are somewhat like this but i have yet to write the one where the guy has uh taken a uh, you know gotten beamed in the brain and suddenly can calculate uh pi or <laughs> to the right, billion right. decimal or whatever yeah no that's cool well <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> Kind of shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about something that neither <laughs> one of us have have touched. I, I don't think okay. in any of our books, um, but I absolutely God, I just I really want to use this some somehow. Um, right. There's a chemical called thioacetone, okay. um, and it, it's got a you know I don't I don't know uh, chemical symbols, but it's got a pretty unassuming symbol. You you wouldn't think much of it. It has you know like an S, um, and then just a couple lines underneath it. It looks like it's pretty simple, right, to put together. It's not right. like a ton of uh, different components. Right. But this, uh, well, let me just, let me just read you this here. In, in 1889, there's a factory in Freiburg, Germany, uh, Frey, Freiburg, Germany, uh, Freiburg, something like that, attempted to make uh, this chemical, thioacetone, and their success, which is in quotes in the article, success, produced an offensive smell which spread rapidly over a great area of the town, causing fainting, vomiting, and a panic evacuation. Now, I, I last on to the last couple words, because I don't know if that, was it a, a panically they evacuated the the town or did it cause an evacuation in every person <laughs> out of panic um those are amazing but... to the aroma uh, <laughs> right that's... right so is it yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but no this is crazy so one of these um researchers or, or a researcher later on i think it was a british guy um they did some experiments with this thioacetone stuff um, yep. And they said a stopper jumped from one of the bottles and uh, it was just a residue. It wasn't even a, of the stuff, I guess. And though they said, although we replaced it at once, it resulted in an immediate complaint of nausea and sickness from colleagues working in a building 200 yards away. Um, this is considered the smelliest chemical compound on the planet. Uh, no one really knows. Uh, sulfur is involved. So give you an idea of probably what it smells like. Um, but nobody knows the scientists studying it, they don't know how it actually makes its smell. 
Um, okay. They can't really take it apart. When they, they break it down, it becomes something different is my understanding. And while that something different has a, a stinky smell, it's nowhere near what this thing is um, in, its, in its full, complete, perfect form. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kinda, just like, that, that's kind of, that's a whole new level of chemical warfare right there, right? Yeah, I mean, but it reminded me of, um, there was, uh, so I did not realize this, but there are actually different grades of mercury. Oh, and, okay. I didn't know uh, that. Certain grades are far deadlier than others. So the mercury in, say, your, you know, thermometer or whatever um, is, is, can be kind of toxic. It can, it can be, it is toxic and can cause uh, problems, especially mental health problems. Um, I have heard that. To it. Yeah. But there are certain, there's a certain level, I mean, there's certain levels of mercury apparently that are far worse. Uh, just, this was only like a year or so ago, uh, I, so I'd have to go hunt for this story. But um, she worked in a laboratory. She was wearing protective gear. I mean, just a hazmat suit. Uh, the kind of thing that, you know, you could handle nuclear waste and you're fine. And a, she, a drop, a, the smallest of drops of this particular mercury fell on the back of her glove and she used a, an instrument to uh, wipe it off and put it back in the container. Um, and then she, you know, exited, had, she had to go through a, she was in a, a clean room so she left the clean room through basically an airlock where she it was hosed down, cleaned, and then removed her um, gear, hosed down, cleaned again, exited, and went home. Uh, within a day, she started feeling ill, uh, mm. thought wow. she had the flu. And then within a week, um, she was gone. I mean, her wow. brain had been consumed. And so this mercury, basically, once it's in your bloodstream, all mercury, I've learned, uh, once it's in your bloodstream, can start to multiply itself. Really? And okay. it reaches toxic. This stuff reached toxic levels within the day, basically. Essentially, once that, that tiny little droplet fell on her protected glove, she was done for. I mean, she was completely wow. gone. So now I've thought about that. I, I want to find that story again. Um, yeah, I thought, I'd be interested in. There is no, I mean, just a uh, an aerosol of the stuff just in their general vicinity would wipe right, out. Right, know. and that's why this <laughs> stuff is is incredible, right? Like smell, what we smell that's 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 air particles that things in the air right. that smell. Right? It's not like all yeah. this. There's there's not this ether that is smell, right? It's that's what amazed me about this chemical thioacetone because. Yeah, they the, the, all these reports are like you know, two hundred feet away, you know, and it's like just a drop of this stuff. Um, right. Or it, it's got to be more than that, you know. It's got to be a whole vat of this or vial of this stuff is getting into the air. But I mean, I just can't imagine anything being not only. I mean, I guess it is the strength of it, the potency of it. But um, I mean, can you imagine like a, a five gallon bucket of this stuff and just yeah. Pour it into a gutter, you know, and pour it into a, into a, into a sewage sewer line or something or water treatment facility. And all of a sudden you've got a whole, a whole town shut down. I could see, um, you know, someone's plot, uh, is to use this to basically create, create a distraction, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, okay. to run people off, um, be an interesting, uh, plot, plot point. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily need to kill people. You would just, you just prevent them from doing anything. 
I mean, no one, if they're vomiting, this thing causes you to vomit immediately. Like more of it is going to cost more vomiting, which could cost death. If your goal were, um, I'm an organization this, this town contains something I need or is, uh, the gateway to something I need. Uh, and I want to clear the town, but I don't have, I don't want the, I don't call attention to myself by killing people. I need people to leave voluntarily. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and basically I'm trying to create a ghost town. Yeah. So having a, uh, a spill of something, you know, intentional or you know, unintentional spill of something like this, um, you know, most people would just leave without even questioning, like, what the heck was it? You wouldn't even right. probably get news coverage if it was depending on where you were. Um, I mean, maybe it would be something along the lines of there was this toxic smell and the whole town went away. It'd be a human interest story. Sure. And then, you know, your team goes in there in yellow filtered suits. And exactly. Yep. Moves the bar. Ocean's Eleven style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's, I love this one. That's kind of a cool thing. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's crazy stuff, man. But that's, thank you. That was um, enlightening in many, many ways. Now I, I want to go smell some sulfur and play with some mercury thermometers. Um, and if you're listening to this, I hope that you want to go play as well. Um, most people that don't need to know about the Gimpy Tree will never hear about it, and that's kind of a sad thing. We're hoping this uh, this podcast can be a way to share some of those interesting yet terrifying things with you. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, do check us out online if you want to hear uh, more about this kind of stuff. We've got uh, more episodes coming down the pipe, and uh, you can also find out a little bit more about Kevin and me, Nick Thacker, your hosts, um, what we've written, the stuff that we're planning on writing, and all of that is available or one click away if you go to Stuff That's Real. Dot com. But anyway, Kevin, you have a good week and we will talk to you soon. You too, Sir Nick. And talk to you all listeners. Uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Stuff that's real. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages, eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com slash str.